Hey world, watch out world, watch out world because it's everything's relative podcast and we are here to kick your butt. Not, okay, not kick your butt. I don't know why I said that, (laughs) but I think I'm hanging out with my seven-year-old too much. No butt kicking here, but we are everything's relative podcast. I am your host, Eve Sturgis. I'm not really kicking anyone's butt, I promise, but I am talking with everyone I can about the DNA discoveries and how modern science is blowing up people's lives. I am what we call an NPE. This means I found out as an adult that my dad is not my dad. I mean, so let's get this straight. The man who raised me is 100% my dad. But it turns out, according to the DNA results of a test we all took when this all went down, is that he is not my biological father. That's a different guy. His name is Peter. So I'm an NPE. Are you an NPE? How about a DCP? What about an LDA? If this is your first time here and you don't even know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Hang out for a little while. It will all become clear. Did you notice that I was gone last week? Thank you, everyone, for your patience while Joy, my editor, and I uh, just tried to get our ducks in a row. Y'all, I, I don't know if life is getting harder or if I'm getting older. I mean, we both know that we all, both, all, you, me, know I am getting older. But <laughs> what is going on? Because I feel like I cannot catch up. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm so grateful for my life. And I have a life that allows me to have a private practice as a therapist and I can have this podcast and I get to be present for my family. But, but, but lately, <laughs> it's just like a lot of balls to juggle. <sighs> Woo! Anyway, we're back. We'll see how it goes. Annette Buckland is my guest today. She is a licensed clinical social worker, and she is the author of Ancestry Discoveries, What Happens Under the Sheets Doesn't Stay There, and nationally board-certified clinical hypnotherapist and heart-centered hypnotherapist. She is also a level two EMDR clinician. Annette is in private practice, consults and works with children and families, and has a specialty in autism and developmental differences. Primary concerns most families seek help for revolve around loss, anxiety, trauma, depression, and other mental health challenges. But on April 7th, 2018, Annette discovered that she had joined the club that nobody wants to belong to when she learned that her dad was not her biological father. Annette is an NPE, like me. She's been working with NPE clients, donor-conceived individuals, and those who are adopted with a whole new understanding of the search for connection, meaning, and identity. Annette facilitates workshops for NPEs on healing and nurturing the inner child. Annette presented on the topic of Ancestry's discovery at the NASW conference in Florida in 2019. She's published an article in the Florida Mental Health Counselor magazine called... DNA Discoveries, What Happens Under the Sheets Does Not Stay There Forever. She has been published in the Journal of Integrative Magazine on the use of weighted blankets and anxiety in mental health hospitals. Annette authored a chapter on understanding and treating autism in the social work desk reference by Oxford University Press. Currently, Annette keeps a blog and is speaking on the NPE experience while she continues to write. 
Annette is a provider for continuing education credits in the state of Florida. And now she's a guest on this podcast. I had her come on. We talked about her book. It was a lovely time. Um, I really hope that she and I get to become better and stay good friends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I bet you're good with kids. I try. Yeah. <laughs> just reading. I mean, I just was just, I haven't read your whole book, but reading some of it, you just have, I think it's just your levity. You have a good, you have a sense of humor and you have a like young at heart energy. So I imagine those things work really well with kids. Yeah. Well, they're, they're fun to work with. I mean, some of it's sad because there's a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. but um but for the most part, they are completely and totally awesome. And I'm everybody's grandmother, which I really kind of like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. They kind of consider me their grandmother, which is not bad. And it doesn't doesn't matter who they are, or what their ethnicity is, or what culture they came from, what the color of their skin. None of that matters because mm-hmm. they don't care. Right. So we, we, we do great. Yeah. Do great. You've got a comforting maternal essence and that's what they're connecting with thank you yeah and how long has the book been out now about a year since november 1st it was released okay i was gonna say a year what am i thinking much shorter yeah yeah and um so how has it been for you since it's been out i didn't have the reaction that i thought i was going to have i mean i was obviously very relieved but I had a um, book release in my hometown in Lyndhurst, New Jersey, mm-hmm. at a pizza parlor named Mr. Bruno's, because I thought, what, where, where's, a, where's a really good place to have this? And I thought, the thing I miss most about uh, New Jersey is the pizza. Well, that's one of the things, but the good food, you know, Italian food especially. But I contacted Mr. Bruno's um, Pizza, an Italian restaurant, and he uh, said, sure, so... I had promotional items sent up there, posters and things like that. And I actually had the book released the weekend before the book came out, uh, the end of October. And I was so shocked at my reaction to it because it, it made it, it made my story real. Mm-hmm. The story, the story's always been real, obviously, surviving the trauma or still working through it. Mm-hmm. But the story became really real to me because I had people I hadn't seen in 40 years showing up to give me hugs. Wow. Um, wow, that's that's great. That's great that people yes. are connecting with it and excited for a local, a local, a local person. So when you did so you did this book release, did you just email people that you knew or did you advertise for it for the Mr. Bruno's? Yeah, Mr. Bruno's, but so I emailed and I have been collecting email addresses from my blog. Um, it's, it was announced on Facebook. I went to all of the local um, Facebook pages that promote 
you know, what's going on in town. And that's how actually, that's how I found out it was available from Amazon already for pre-order. It was like, they were, I said, I didn't want to do that but <laughs> anyway. So people were ordering it. And somebody from Lynnhurst said, I just ordered your book. I said, from where? And she said, from Amazon. And I was like, but it's not out yet. And she said, yes, it is. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Leave yeah. Amazon to have their own agenda. They do what they want to do. So mm-hmm. then, and I wrote press releases. In fact, I'm on probably a fourth draft of another press release for some local promotion here. So we'll see what happens with that. Cool. And how has the reaction been from people that read it? I've gotten pretty much all positive reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, people have related to it. I've had a few people say they couldn't believe how honest I was. Mm-hmm. You know, there was talk. I mean, I heard that somebody was upset that I went to Lynnhurst because, you know, we know people there. Right. And it was like, yeah, I know people there too. I don't mind people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't, I, I, I really don't. I don't think I care how they feel anymore, my original family. Right. What do you think? I so so I haven't finished the like as I said, have not finished the book. I feel like honesty is the best policy. But um I already have an idea about what makes your book stand out from from other DNA discovery memoirs. And I'm wondering if you what do you think makes your book stand out or what do you what do you think is different or interesting about about your story? not comparing to anybody specific, but above anybody. I've only, to be honest with you, I only read one um, memoir and that was quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then I, I didn't want, and people had asked me, did you read this one? Did you read Danny Shapiro? Did no, I didn't read Danny Shapiro because to me, I, I, I just didn't want to, I said, no, but I read a reviews. to see what people would, you know, anything that was negative or could be perceived as negative. You know, I looked at some of those to see, well, you want to avoid, you want to avoid this or you want to avoid that. But so I I couldn't really honestly tell you. In fact, I downloaded a bunch of books to read, but I, I didn't want to touch them while I was writing because I didn't want to be influenced by any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, all that means to me is that like the the things about this book make it it makes it all the more authentic. Um, but what struck me is that you're uh, <laughs> I hope nobody else is listening to this and comparing it to, to like another memoir because I don't mean it like that. But what is so fun and refreshing about this is it's funny. You have a you have a your sort of your humor just sparkles right through. Um, and some of it is sarcasm and some of it is humor maybe is too broad of a word for what I mean, but sassy, maybe it's more, I should say like you're sassy and that, that is, that's fun. Uh, there, I mean, and, and all the books, all the books are wonderful in different ways, but, uh, that was what jumped out at me right away, right away. Yeah. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to have a bit of a humorous Mm -hmm. twist, you know, and so there was only one person and that was the woman that did my book designs. Um, she worked on the, helped me with the cover and helped me with, um, the actual book layout. And I said to her, did it make you laugh at all? And she said, no. I said, what do you mean? She said, but I don't know your voice. I don't know your, I guess your literary voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She said, so I really didn't have anything to go by. 
So I, I'm glad to hear that you thought so because you and I have never really mm-hmm. even talked except for some text messaging back and yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's in, that's very interesting. I'd be interested to know how that person um reads things in general. <laughs> but uh but but no, I felt I've I mean it's it's more fun now that I'm talking to you right now and I'm like, oh, we're talking about New Jersey. Like, why didn't I even think about that? That it would be in this sort of also with a with a New Jersey lilt to your voice and things like that. Um makes it fun and one thing since 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 the what we do here is generally talk about people's npe stories and you kind of jump into it pretty early in your book about what happened you you know just from a from a basic what happened perspective your friend had a sort of npe experience Mm -hmm. right and she found out there was a sibling and so you went with her but then that's what triggered you to do a dna test right yes you thought like oh this is so fun and weird like this person has a sibling and that's bizarre and yeah maybe i'll get one too yeah yeah yeah. oh man and that's when she said yeah you you know you'd be lucky because your sister's told right (laughs) right like maybe you'll have a better a better sister (laughs) so that's that's what unearthed all this do you think that you and I know about data. So some of this is going to be skewed. But do you, in your experience, do you feel like people with more complicated or dysfunctional or traumatic childhoods are more upset by DNA discoveries than people that, that had a quote unquote functional or happy family life? No, I, I think that the, I think it's icing on the cake, you know, for you know, first of all, anybody that I've ever worked with in any kind of treatment who had an NPE discovery, um, usually there's trauma from childhood because again, they're older, you know, by that time you've lived, you've lived Mm -hmm. life, you know, trauma is definitely defined by the person who's experiencing, you know, who's experiencing that trauma. So I had thought about that too. Would it be any different? I know, I know my editor said to me, you're so far ahead of the game. And I said, why? He said, because you did the, I don't know if I believe this either, because it doesn't feel real to me. He said, you did the work, mm-hmm. you know, you're at an advantage here. And it was like, well, in some respects, yes. And that's why I actually, I was very minimally involved with doing too much in terms of counseling mm-hmm. or anything like that, because I knew I needed to work on my stuff first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm before I could be fully present. And I think that the people who have these traumas growing up, whatever those traumas happen to be, you know, I do believe that there was probably some pre-birth trauma attached to just about everybody. So that happened, you know, prior to birth and just moving right along people who had happy childhoods. I mean, technically I had a great dad, Mm -hmm. you know, I adored my dad. Right. And my childhood wasn't completely crappy. You know, I had to set up, I had to really set up some of what was going on in Ancestry Discoveries because people needed to know really what that that other part that I was constantly, um, constantly had inner conflicts about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we traveled. Right. I did a lot of traveling with my parents. My mother was in the travel business. So we used to go on cruises and I mean I was in South America when I was in gosh I was in sixth grade I went to Haiti 
No, went to really, and that was before Haiti was really built up and was mm-hmm. commercialized. And then, I mean, I don't know, it's not as big a vacation spot anyway, but I was there, I was doing things. Gosh, we went to all different kinds of places. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's important to, to mention that, like, I mean, and really that's a, you know, a full of dynamic or what, like, fully rounded family life is going to have, often is going to have lots of good times as well as bad times. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. But so often when we're setting up these stories, it's important to talk about all the difficult parts. Mm -hmm. When you find the families that are picture perfect, you know, and I know from being in, uh, uh, you know, sitting across from someone who is struggling through that, that they're not picture perfect. Mm -hmm. No one is picture perfect. And I Mm -hmm. think anybody, you know, listening to this, who, who, who falls into that category of having had a happy, lovely childhood and then having a DNA discovery and feeling traumatized, I'm sure there's its own color brand and flavor of the trauma of having your perfect, wonderful childhood, just crumble, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. right. Like a vision of, of, and your identity of what was going on or your understanding of what was going on. Just, dissolve before your very eyes with the results of a DNA kit. Yeah. So, and it's still, sometimes it's still, I mean, a lot of the time, it's something that I think about a lot, you know, especially that's why sometimes free time could be dangerous. So I try Mm -hmm. and keep to, to keep myself um, in the moment because if, um, if my mind is wandering during some of that free time, you know, I go to those places and I try and figure things out. It was, and I lose sleep over it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about that um, that I know a lot of people will, will connect with is the losing sleep over trying to put all the pieces together at different times, right? Like, so, so the mm-hmm. obvious one that you talk about is the just literal family tree, just try, just like what happened and, and it's sort of the way that the, um, the answers become a bit of an obsession and yes. yeah. And and that can yes. like that, the obsession, I want to say like the beast of obsession. I don't know if it's a beast always, but that can pop up again and again mm-hmm. in my experience that mm-hmm. um, you can get the answers. So you have some tech, you know, you have some like black and white answers of names on paper, but then come all the questions that of things you'll never be able to answer about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And the, um, trauma and i think that's the piece too is is dealing with the aftermath of trauma i came up with this you know do you ever see the movie a beautiful mind mm-hmm. okay i don't want to be a spoiler have a spoiler alert in case anybody on the uh, listens you know <laughs> is listening and hasn't seen it and they go and get it but with russell crowe yeah yeah, yeah it's an right movie. and paul bettany it's a great movie it is. It's wonderful. Well, you know how at the end where he's he doesn't he acknowledge his he he sees them, he sees his hallucinations, but he doesn't acknowledge them. And I thought, my goodness, that's really that's what this feels like. Mm-hmm. This whole DNA thing feels like it's it's a part of my life now. And I can fight that and I can try and bury it, but it's only going to cause me more problems. It's only going to re-traumatize me because I'm denying what I feel. I think that's fantastic. And and it like uh it it surprises me that you're the first person that said that after my own therapist 
used well, a beautiful mind once years ago to talk mm -hmm. to me about trauma and the things and the way that my mind works. And can mm -hmm. I, can I find a way to live in a, li a life where, yeah, so now everybody go see beautiful minds. You understand what we're talking about. <laughs> and, but, you, but, but the, the idea that things need to be disappeared or, or that healing means you never think about things again, or mm -hmm. these thoughts aren't there or, um, you know, to be quote unquote fixed, we may have like a, like a limited understanding of what those ideas mean. And, and that movie illustrates a lot what it means to be, be healthy that, with, yeah. with all the parts of you accepting all the parts, right? That's the visual for me. I mm -hmm. keep thinking, so I'm going to, it, it, I stop fighting it and then I'm able to function better. I've accepted it. I guess I've moved into some acceptance there and not that I don't get angry and not that I, you know, don't get sad and depressed over it, but that, but that's part of my existence now. So it walks along with me. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it because it's part of who I am, but it's there and I don't have to pretend that it's not there. Right. Right. It's the having to pretend that can exhaust us. <laughs> Exhaust yeah. me. Having to pretend is exhausting. I have yeah. to speak for myself. Do you have a favorite part of your book? Yeah. The cemetery. Mm. Um, I don't know if you got that far yet. But anyway, so I went to um I was up at a writing class up in uh at the Omega Institute in New York. And I had decided because I was going down to New Jersey, I was going to be spending some time with my sister mm -hmm. and I thought I'm going to go to the cemetery on my way there and it was supposed to rain it didn't it was a beautiful day and I, I had to print out a map of you know where all of the, the graves were I had seen a picture of it because my aunt Charlene showed me a picture of, of the grave and so I knew I, I had this map and it's like how do you read a cemetery map I don't know you can't use you know you can't use any any kind of directions on your phone or anything like that so there I am trying to find this map now I've never been in a Jewish cemetery in my life I, I didn't know like was I part I didn't know I wasn't even sure how people were buried in there if they were buried the same way never looked any of that stuff up so I park and I'm like, oh, there's no bodies underneath where I'm parked here. And I go, and it's such, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So I I walk and I got this map and I can't see because I don't, <laughs> my glasses in the car. So I'm <laughs> doing this with the paper. I'm, I'm scrunching the paper around, moving it around. And I look up and I was right in the right vicinity. And there was a deer standing there. Oh, and the deer and I locked eyes and I, I was talking to it and I was going to get my phone out to take a picture because I thought nobody would ever believe this. I took the time to talk to the deer and the deer ran away. I asked the deer, are you showing me where to go? And sure enough, the deer was standing right there. No. Yes. Come on. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Carl Jung would have a lot to say about that. Yeah, right? and then, yeah, there, and there's some more symbolism with that deer too. But when we were looking for, I, when we were looking for my aunt's house, we went to visit for dinner. We were going to have dinner with them when we were up in New Jersey, and 
the GPS took us to the wrong street. And she said, yeah, everybody had that problem. But mm-hmm. anyway, so there it is. And my husband says, Annette, there's a deer on the front lawn. So we stopped. And yeah, that, then the cameras came out because it was it was getting dark. And I said, there's not a deer. There's 20 deer out there. Oh. And this is in like a small little retirement community where there's no lawns, they're postage stamp lawns, but Mm -hmm. evidently a lot of deer. So we got to see the deer. But anyway, so yeah, going to the cemetery and seeing the deer and then having a conversation um, because nobody was there. They were in the older part of the cemetery. I brought little um, angel rocks with me to leave on all of the stones because Jewish people leave pebbles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the stones when they go to the cemetery, on the gravestones. And so I, I sat on my father's I sat on my father's lap. <laughs> I brought a towel to sit on his lap because I thought it's the only time I'm really going to get to do it. So I said, I'm here and I'm sitting on your lap. So I said hello to him and I said hello to my grandmother and my grandfather. And then I had an uncle who died when he was 19. But I never thought I would enjoy a cemetery so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds it sounds lovely and and like a sort of calming transformative experience yes um like a grounding I, experience very much so and i felt like i said everything i needed to say you know and i promised i would come back again but it for whatever reason there was definitely it was very healing to go there mm-hmm. so if anybody is thinking about it that means you might be ready to go mhm no, and when you're ready, then yeah, go because there is there is some closure in that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd be interested to hear from other people if they if they felt like visiting visiting a cemetery um provided that for them. People talk about it, as you know, but I mm-hmm. wonder that's interesting to me. I never thought of it that way as a mm-hmm. as a as a place for for grounding, for healing something sort of ethereal about deer you know a deer leading the way like it's all just less lovely yeah yeah and then my i have i have these bookmarks that i gave gave out and still give out if somebody orders a book from i think you have one with the little with the book on yeah that poem on the back i was looking um i was looking for something on um hemingway ernest hemingway mm-hmm. and i thought because a lot of my writing I was doing while we were down in the Keys last January. In fact, I sat and did a whole lot of writing and I thought, I'm here. It's like Hemingway land here. Mm-hmm. I feel very connected to that. And then we had gone down to the Bahamas for a few days in September. And the same thing, I felt like Hemingway was there. And I felt, it just had a very strong connection. So I know this E.H. is, uh, somebody told me it's not Ernest Hemingway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, I read the poem to Aunt Rosie when we were um, up to visit and I had given her a book and I read her the poem because she you know, couldn't see it. The print is so small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, Annette, that was your father's favorite author. No. Really? Wow. Yeah. So I've had a lot, you know, in order to recognize those signs or recognize those um, synchronicity, yes, little bits of comfort that you get too along the way from those 
synchronicities. It was, um, you have to just be open to paying attention to them. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. Did anything surprise you uh, when you wrote the book about the process or while you were doing it? I cried my eyes out while I was writing. Mm -hmm. You know, I would go down and stay at my son's house for a few days and dog said if he traveled and use his use his setup and write because it was perfect you know there were no distractions there I had to let his dogs out once in a while but I did a lot of crying I should go through it and write down my aha moments and write about those maybe blog about those but there were just so many of those that would hit me mm -hmm. you know I know for me it was extremely therapeutic mm -hmm. Did you feel like the part that was surprising about crying a lot was that a lot of it was things you had assumed that you had already worked through? Yes. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, like your childhood stuff with your sisters or whatever. Like you've talked about that a million times. So like, why now are all these tears coming out about this? I go back and I'd read my own, mm -hmm. my own story. And, and really the, the things that made me cry were probably... Some of them were from that, but most of them were from, um, most of them were, were related to finding my discovery day mm -hmm. in April of 2018. That, and when I read that story and how I, I can feel that pretty quickly, I can revisit that grief and the blink of an eye, if I remember, you know, mm -hmm. if I think about my dad and losing him all over again. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised I'm not still angry at my mother, but I'm not, I haven't been for some time mm -hmm. because I figured it out. Right. You know, there were un, unresolved pieces of my past that I couldn't, couldn't rectify. couldn't make it. None of it made sense to me. Like why she was distant when I was a child mm -hmm. and why she mm -hmm. just, sometimes it felt like I was being avoided. I have a client that I'm going to send your book to for that very connection. Yeah. She's processing that same thing. Well, because I was also regressed to my birth twice. And the first time I was listening to a, um, a CD by Brian Weiss. Mm -hmm. He does past life regressions. Okay. When you do hip and, and that's again, depending on your belief system. And I explained that in the book too. Um, it doesn't have to be a past life. It could be something that you're processing in a dream state. But when I did it and he takes you back to your birth, because in hypnosis, we regret, I like if I'm doing hypnosis with someone, I'll regress them to different parts of their life. If we're looking, mm -hmm. especially if it's, it's really related to trauma and when was the first time you felt that way? And when was the next time you felt that way? And when was the next time? And so when Brian Weiss did his shtick, he took us to our birth and he said, you know, everybody's so happy and blah, blah, and the lights and everybody's saying congratulations. And, you know, the, there's a bustle in the, in the delivery room. And I remember feeling this overwhelming sadness and it's like, why isn't my mother happy? My mother's not happy, She's not, not happy at all. That was an aha moment. What were you hoping for when you wrote this book? What's your goal with it? Well, the first goal or putting was it out into the myself. world, put it, yeah, putting it into the world. Yes. So, right. First was to help myself. And then also if it helped other people to gain validation and if it taught people 
something. You know, one of the reviews I was reading said that somebody actually had realized that a client who had explained this whole situation two weeks before or several weeks before, he couldn't grasp, he never grasped how traumatic it was. And he was sorry he didn't grasp that because he would have been a little more attentive. <laughs> You know, so I was hoping for that too. You know, I think, um, I mean, I'm pretty open with that. People, I've gotten a lot of people who've contacted me, asking me questions, asking for help. Mm -hmm. Um, I really had hoped it would help as many people as it possibly could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, validation is so powerful and education is so necessary for clinicians, right? I mean, for everybody, but clinicians so much. Well, here's the question. So your book is called Ancestry Discoveries. What happens under the sheets doesn't stay there. Yes. Um, How did you come to that? Only because I just imagine that it was a decision at some point about putting what happens under the sheets doesn't stay there. (laughs) 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 I feel like it was like like a little bit risque, a little bit risque for the so was there a decision in, in that or you always knew you were going to call it that? I'm, I don't remember when I decided. Um, I heard my mother say, whatever you do with, and, you know, if you're doing it, I, I hear her in my head going, if you're going to do anything with business, have it start with the beginning of the alphabet. And I thought, well, if somebody's looking up ancestry, you know, ancestry, the, the book might pop up in a search engine for them too. Yeah, you've got the SEO handled yeah (laughs) and then yeah and then what happens under the sheets doesn't stay doesn't stay there it's just like yeah Mm -hmm. no you can't keep what's with the a what's with the secrets b i think most anybody that i've talked to goes what a great title that is yeah it's catchy yeah come up with that one i was gonna say it's catchy it's not catchy it's catching like it hooks it hooks you (laughs) it hooks it's like oh this is not this is not your average, you know, just because it's still, it just, there's so, we talk about it so much, but it's such a nod to uh, the fact that I imagine you could have put this book out and never without a statement like that. And without even mentioning sex. Right. And, and people would still be there's lots of people that would still be moved and shocked and inspired and traumatized by all those things, by the, by the story. But the thing we keep not talking about is that this is actually about your mom having sex and yes. your dad having sex and your other, like your birth certificate dad having sex. Like, this is a lot about sex. Like, yes. You know, sheets is sex. I don't know. I don't know anybody that would, that might suggest the subject is, is, is mundane or not that big a deal anyway, but the reason it's, maybe gets us in a deep place is that it's all coming it's all about sort of some of our most like primal realities mm-hmm. yeah and the, and actually i think what happens under the sheets doesn't stay there would actually apply to anyone it doesn't have to be someone who's an npe yeah oh sure you know, my end line, which I started to put on the end of things is, you know, here I repeat the ancestry just got, you know, what happens under the sheets doesn't stay there. And I'm proof of that. <laughs> yeah. The truth will find its way out. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Do you have clients in your practice now who are um, coming from the MPE world? Mm-hmm. Yes. You do. And that was a decision too, because it was like, okay, I think I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. The book helped me to, to ready myself for that. And then, um, as I said, I was so overwhelmed with, with love. It was almost like I, so on some level, I must've felt like I didn't deserve it. I just was so overwhelmed by the love and support that my community from, you know, when I was that little girl on the mm-hmm. cover mm-hmm. came to give me, it was, it was just incredible. And my sister, my new sister was there and um, my new brother-in-law and my cousin came, my new cousin, you know, so it was, we had, it was just, it felt like a really, like my two worlds collided and it was a really nice collision. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, went, I, I actually got back into therapy myself to work on those overwhelming feelings and the fact that it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is real. One thing that's really fun, and I like it when, um, I like it when any book has this, <laughs> but uh, for anybody wanting to see visually an example of, of genetic mirroring, uh, but the photographs at the end of the book are amazing. Thing. And you were so cute. Uh, but I was just looking through those um at you know, right before we call, we talked. And I yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but um it's interesting how how the I don't know what the word what the opposite of genetic mirroring is, but the non-genetic mirroring of you with your parents, and and I, I guess I'm speaking about this from personal experience, and I'm projecting it a little bit onto you, but <laughs> that uh, <laughs> you're allowed. A lot of people feel, including myself, is like it's not that big a deal until you see the other parent, until you see where the actual genetic connection is, and then you're, and then the bomb, like the bomb doesn't drop when I look at the pictures of you and your birth certificate and mom and dad. Like mm-hmm. I look at those pictures and it's like yeah, okay, okay, and then you look at your dad and it, the boom. <laughs> just um it's just really a great great illustration if there were a textbook about this experience this would be a good picture example um so i really like that love a book with pictures yeah, yeah thank you i had to, i let the book designer um pick the pictures because they were going to be there were some that i had i definitely they were definites but um i let her pick them <clears throat> Otherwise, you would add a whole album. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I relate to that. Thank goodness for book designers and you know, uh-huh. or subject, you know, people with a more objective eye on on our projects, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything that you want people to know, especially if they're if they're brand new to their DNA discovery? Is there anything you would say to them now, now that you're in your place with yours? Therapy, 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 mm-hmm. therapy. Um, you need somebody to talk to, join the support groups, mind your consumption of anything that is mood altering, like drugs or alcohol, because you know, having a little glass of wine in the evening could turn into having a whole bottle or more. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't want you don't want to go down that route because it's going to stop you from feeling. And somebody listened to um, another podcast and heard me speak those words, 
a long time ago. And I actually got a beautiful email from her saying she, you know, threw, threw the vodka away. She had a whole mm. bottle. She because she realized it can really be a crutch. You know, feel whatever it is you feel. Go through it. You know, if you need a day to feel crappy, feel crappy. There's going to be holidays where you, you don't even feel like celebrating. And you may do a few things because you have family around. But whatever comes, comes. Let it come. Let it be. Walk with it. You know, embrace it. And you have to take really good care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, we might not talk about that enough in the community about mm-hmm. about, all, about all the vices that one can partake in or indulge in or whatever um, with with trauma. Mm-hmm. Anything anything can become an ism, right? And if it becomes an ism, then it's you know whether it's workaholism, which unfortunately the world thinks is just great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol is like aside from the obvious. the alcoholism things like that um but you can develop an addiction just because you keep throwing yourself into something Mm -hmm. because you want to numb whatever pain that is and if you need to numb it it's okay to be like accept i guess being numb because there's going to be times you feel that way but don't don't add to it don't make it worse yeah that's the trauma piece Mm -hmm. this is really people don't you know people they shrug their shoulders and say, well, it's not that bad. I had a good dad. Yeah, I said that in the beginning probably mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. But I realized how much I was in denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finding finding the time and space and place to, to feel your feelings mm-hmm. is so important. I forgot to mention, since mm-hmm. you brought up joining the support groups, that at the back of your book, you have an excellent list of resources for anybody, um, just in case... You do read this book and then find yourself with that question at the end of at the end of the story um, about where where to go next. Um, so I I think that's love a lovely act of service to include all of that. Um, that's the social work in me. The social yeah, work right. In me. Yeah, absolutely. We're into resources. Yep. I'm actually I'm going to add that too to the ancestry discoveries website so that mm-hmm. people can access it if they don't have access to the book. And the other thing that that um I really love on there is that I um. The book designer put a, a QR code for Spotify. I love that. What? I mean, I see. Wait, yes. What? So if, yes. So if you do that now, originally what I really right wanted. right here at the to, top. Yes. I had music um, quotes from different song lyrics. Oh. In the beginning of each chapter. And then I found out that I can't do that because of copyright laws. I'd have to get permission from all of the producers of whatever right. said music it is. And, and I thought, well, okay, then I had to take that out and I had to search out other quotes that felt right to me or meant something mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. But I thought I can make a playlist on Spotify. So I, I've had that going for quite some time. That is cool. I saw the QR code and just didn't read the description of what it was. Yeah. Wow. That is cool. Very modern. <laughs> I know. Kind of futuristic. <laughs> books. One day books will have QR codes. You can put your phone over it and then you get led to music from a book. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wished I had asked you or that you 
No, because I came into this with, that's why I said, are you sending me questions or anything? Right. Because no, there's nothing I can really think of. Well, that's great. I'm always worried for the, t- the day I say that and there, and somebody reminds me that I didn't ask the most obvious question that I should have asked or something like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, do you want to ask me about the name of my book or something, something, <laughs> yeah. you know, or like, do you want to, I don't know, say my name in this process? Um, great. Well, thank you so much. This was so nice, fun and nice uh, and lovely to get to meet you finally. Anybody interested in the book, Ancestry Discoveries, What Happens Under the Sheets Doesn't Stay There by Annette Beckland, um, please go to my website. I'm going to have all the links there or go to Amazon. Get it, get it yourself uh, on Amazon. But um, yeah, and any other resources you want, head on over there. I'll have every, I'll make sure everything is available and I'll put some information on the socials. And any questions, questions, comments for Annette or myself, send my way if you want, um, if you don't send them her way. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple months. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you too. Yeah, and if anybody does want to reach me or has questions, they can go either. I have two websites. I have ancestrydiscoveries.com. Whoa, um, good, good, good URL, Annette. How'd you get that one? <laughs> <laughs> fast. I did it fast. Yeah, I was going to say you jumped on that one. Yes, I did. Um, well, that was when I decided to blog. So it was right after probably early 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that happened. But they can reach me there or they can also reach me on my um, therapy website, which is AnnetteLBecklin.com. My author page is in there too. Excellent. I'll try and make sure that uh, all the ways to find you and your book and your resources uh, are, are easily easily acquired. Great. This was just great. It was. It was. You're wonderful. Oh, no, thanks. It, I needed as much as anybody. <laughs> right? True. Right. True. Wonderful. I will be in touch when I, uh, I have a lot of episodes to work on, and I will be in touch when I know when this one's going to be. Okie dokie. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll put it up on my sites too so people okay. listen. Okay. Do you have Instagram? Okay. I do, but I'm really bad with it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Um, I, I keep saying I really, and, and yep, and people laugh at me because it's like, I really have to like make some time to figure out like what I'm doing with that because I know I have, I follow people and they follow me. If I go on Instagram once a week, it's a lot. There's just, I mean, there just has, there has to be a limit of what we are expected to do, right? Yes. It's just, just, yeah, no pressure from me to have an Instagram, believe me. Um, I just want to make sure if I tagged you in anything. Oh, that's that's the, (laughs) anybody tags me. And I think it's, I think it's under um, Annette three, you know what, hold on, let me see what it is. But I'll tell you, (laughs) I don't know how to like tag it so I can share it. Annette 327? Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, I'm going to follow you. Requested. It's got your, it's got your cute face on there. Yeah. Because I want to do that on Instagram and then it moved it to my Facebook profile too, without me knowing it was going to do that. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Technology. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I've I've had those moments too. Things things (laughs) pop up on the wrong account. Oh, well. (laughs) All right. Well, I will, I'll be in touch. All right. Super. All right. And yeah, stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Annette.
Have a Thank great, you, my have dear. a great weekend. Thank you have a long weekend. You too. Yeah. You Martin well, Luther King, Kingdale. No, I'll be working. Are you working Monday? I have, well, I have an interview. I got to interview a, an associate, but not a, not for podcast, you know, for therapy. So we'll see. Yeah. I have to okay. have my, my business face on, but I don't have a, like a day of clients or anything. like. That. All right. Take care. All righty. Bye. Thanks, you too. Bye. I actually got to be with Annette uh, last weekend in New Jersey for the Higher Earth Hope and Healing Spring Retreat two weekends ago, a few weekends ago. I don't know when this, this episode is playing. Anyway, it was really recently. Just trust me. It was totally unfair because Annette and I were both scheduled to be facilitators at the same time. So what that means is we actually didn't get to see each other or spend any time together. We just passed each other at one point in the hallway. That was it. Oh, well, one of these days it will work out. I am sure I'm not alone in wishing I had more time and space to just spend time with people. Speaking of time and space, that is all the time and space I have for this episode. So let me, let you, let me go on with our weekends. I'm sure you all have things to do, places to be, families to feed, parties to party. If you have any questions or comments, compliments, or criticisms, email me. It's very easy. My address is eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com or you can find me on the socials. I'm Everything's Relative Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And what else? What else? Just come tell your story. Come tell your story. Contact me. Keep in touch. Process your experience with my journal, Who Even Am I Anymore? Now available on Amazon and through my website. And look, no matter what's going on, don't be a stranger. It's warming up. Put on some sunscreen, wear a hat. Don't forget to tie your shoes. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan and edited by Joy Rumor. Logo designed by Ivy McNally and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions. Thank you.